Hello, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Porcelain Peak, the strange and scary podcast that covers everything from horror to sci-fi and all the redemption in between. I am one of the co-hosts, Anthony. And I'm John. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. We're uh, doing episode 20. I know, right? Milestones. I'm going to add, like audience applause right here <laughs> yeah. yes and this week we went ahead and watched escape from new york yeah because neither of us had seen it and it was on our sci-fi misses so we went ahead and uh hopefully redeemed ourselves yeah it's a start uh as far as like a long road a long journey of making ourselves credible again <laughs> <laughs> right and that's just the ones that we've mentioned yeah <laughs> But before we get into that, we're going to go ahead and start off with some news. Alright, so a little behind the curtain, we do record early, so a lot of stuff has happened since... We recorded our last episode, so some of this might be news and some of it might be old news. <laughs> yeah, but it's all getting out at the at the time that we can get it to you as fast as possible while also living our lives and working our day jobs. Right. So, uh, Velvet Buzzsaw, one of the movies that we mentioned coming out, is now out and available on Netflix. So we hopefully are going to talk about that soon. And a couple other things. They released a bunch of trailers from the Super Bowl. So there was a few Super Bowl spots of scary stories to tell in the dark. Mm. Those look pretty cool. They seem creepy, but I was talking to another buddy of mine, and he was saying how the illustrations from the books are what really scared him as a kid. And I feel like that's probably pretty relatable for a lot of people. And I don't know how it's going to play out in the movie if it does at all, but I wasn't really getting that from the trailer and so i was thinking to myself it would be really cool if they could make those illustrations come to life in some way so hopefully we get a little throwback to that and maybe in credits or in between stories or something like that yeah we'll see how it turns out i haven't seen the trailer for it but i'm definitely going to rectify that soon right and then a couple other things that we should mention they also released a trailer for the twilight zone series and i was watching the super bowl and it popped on And at first I was confused about what was going on. And then I immediately jumped up because it showed the black and white stripes on the Jumbotron or whatever. And I was like, whoa, what's happening? And then I just let myself get entranced by it. And honestly, it gave me the chills a little bit. So I immediately went on IMDb and checked (laughs) some stuff out. And based off some of the episode titles... It looks like we are going to get a few remakes of classic episodes, which I'm cool with. I do hope we get some original stuff. Yeah. You know, I want to see what Jordan Peele's mind has to offer. Yeah, definitely. But I'm glad that we're going to be getting some more updates. I think they do that with every iteration. They try to update some of the classics. so Make it a little more current. Yeah, I'm definitely excited about that. But one of the bigger pieces of news that we had comes from you. Yeah, so there's a bunch of... Uh, universe things that we can talk about that have been going on recently. So uh, 
one of the more writing on the wall kind of things that people have been seeing for a long time, we'll start with this one, is that obviously Zack Snyder is no longer involved with the DC Universe, but he's announced his first film that he's going to do outside of that. So he's been uh, hired by Netflix to helm a movie called Army of the Dead. And so this movie uh, is obviously going to be straight to Netflix, and the plot synopsis is, Army of the Dead will be set... During a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas, following a man who brings together a group of mercenaries to venture to the quarantine zone to pull off the greatest heist ever attempted. Interesting. I wonder how much money has a value in a post-apocalyptic world. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it might not be money. Like, like, it could be, like, supplies. It could be... Vaccine, maybe? Yeah, there could. It, there's a bunch That's of different things point. it could be. Uh, but from what it seems like, based on the things that Zack Snyder's saying in interviews and on Twitter, he seems to be really behind this, and he's glad that he's in a situation where he no longer has the chains of a big studio holding him back. And it seems like Netflix usually lets their people be pretty creative. Yeah. I mean, we do get a lot of very different things that don't feel like they're getting tugged and pulled on from behind the scenes. So. Exactly. And... Obviously, Snyder knows his way around a zombie movie. Definitely, for sure. I mean, the Dawn of the Dead remake is is pretty excellent. Yeah. No, I liked it a lot. And it was one of the first introductions we got to The Runners. So that'll be cool to see if he sticks with that or if he caves into some of the backlash that people gave to running zombies. <laughs> it's back to shambling. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I hope that he tries to make it as grounded as possible. I know... In his more recent career, he went heavy on the CG. Yeah. And so I'm hoping that he kind of eases back on that. Yeah. Uh, hires a hires a good, like, effects team and does things you right. Know, the right way, pra- you know, practical as possible. Yeah, because they're out there. Yeah. And I love that stuff. So, And I think people that are into zombie movies really appreciate that kind of stuff, too. Because, I mean, even, like, Walking Dead, they use a lot of practical stuff. And it's on TV, and they get pretty gnarly. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it, it's Greg Nicotero. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Practically invented half the stuff. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, and then the other big piece of news comes from a different universe, the Dark Universe. So uh, the Dark Universe is now officially disbanded. They're no longer moving forward with that project. I mean, like I said, the writing was on the wall for that one, too. The Mummy performed so poorly at the box office. And just critically, it just it, like I said, there was not a lot of redeeming qualities to that, to that film. And they... It seemed for a little while like they might try to push through it, but with as little returns as as they got for it, it's not seeming like that's going to be a thing. However, they do still want to make use of these franchises, so the big thing that they're saying that they want to do is something that a lot of people have been clamoring for and doing more of a filmmaker style of these these uh a different you know universal monsters. So the next one that is on the docket is going to be uh, Invisible Man. Now, that was uh, supposed to be part of this big dark universe, and I'm sure it would have been real hokey. But going for more of the filmmaker approach, they handed it over to Blumhouse. So, I mean, that's a that's a pretty big deal. I mean, that's I mean, Blumhouse has been... Hit or miss isn't the right word, just because, like I said, they've been more hit than they've been missed recently. Uh, they've been doing some great things with, you know, smaller budget horror movies, and they've been making it work. Uh, and I guess as of right now, uh, Leonel is going to be the one to either produce it or direct it. They're not 100% sure what his role is, but he is involved. Is Johnny Depp still involved? Because I know, I think Invisible Man was always next on the docket, whether it was 
this new thing they're doing or when they were still doing the Dark Universe, and they had announced him as Invisible Man. So I don't believe so. Okay. I believe they've moved on from Depp. That makes sense. I, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, look at as big a franchise as Harry Potter is, look at the kind of backlash they're getting for him still being Grindelwald. <laughs> I mean, it's it's definitely something where he's not he doesn't have the same kind of pull or star power anymore. I mean, and obviously some of that comes from the allegations that are currently out against him from from his ex. But it's like I said, I, I don't think him being involved in something that's more of like the filmmaker approach is a good idea either way. Yeah, and I did read a little bit about this as well, and they were saying that they're trying to do smaller budgets and let kind of the directors and writers kind of do what they want with it, yeah. and even to the point where they're not putting rating restrictions on any of them, right? Yeah, so and it, it's they're trying to go back to their horror roots, which is definitely appreciated. You know, that's where they came from. I mean, that's where the horror genre was practically birthed was from the universal universal monster movies and from things like Nosferatu, you know, those were the forefront of, you know, like the building blocks that were used for horror films. So going back to those kind of roots and maybe trying to modernize them a little bit, like I said, there's definitely some meat on those bones. If they do it right, they just have to do it right. I think the easiest, the easiest going is going to be invisible man. Invisible man would be probably pretty simple to make legitimately terrifying i think that they're gonna struggle when it comes to doing dracula when it comes to doing frankenstein they're gonna you know there's gonna be some growing pains there but if they get the right person and the right idea there's definitely you know things to be done there's gotta be a script out there that's just a brutal take on some of these movies yeah and it's gonna be cool to have monster movies back again i mean i can't even remember I mean, I guess The Mummy, but that was more of like an action-adventure movie, mm-hmm. which I'm fine with because we don't get a lot of action-adventure movies too much now anyway. Mm. That just wasn't done very well. I don't even think I finished it. I got partway through it and kind of <laughs> turned it off. But they are – I mean, at the time, they were horror movies. Watching them now, they're definitely not scary yeah. to us, to our desensitized minds and yeah, oversaturated with the, yeah with the, cra- with the crazy shit that we see on a regular basis right now those like those would be kids kids movies almost i know right so it'll be cool for that to be modernized and to be as terrifying as they need to and i think that if they tried to do crossovers that would be cool i don't necessarily need that in any way and i don't think that should be their focus but for them to just you know hey we're gonna make a dracula movie then let's make the coolest Dracula movie as possible, and that's what's going to get people in their seats. Yeah, Blumhouse already has a good following of fans, and these classics have a good following of fans, you know? And I think the problem with The Mummy 2 was that even though it wasn't well-received critically, the Brendan Fraser ones are very well-loved. Yes. You know what I mean? I know most people I talk to that have seen that love those movies, at least the first two. Yeah, I mean, even... Even with the terrible uh, CGI rendition of the Scorpion King. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. I mean, even that spawned its own franchise, you know? Yeah, I know, right? There's like five of those or something. That's crazy. Yeah. It went further than The Mummy. Yeah, I I had the uh, PlayStation 2 Scorpion King video game. Oh, yeah? Yeah. How was that? It wasn't that bad. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like I said, I think that 
they can find a cool way to go with these and make them work in you know a modern society. Yeah. And I mean, when's the last time we had a good werewolf movie I in know, theaters? Right? I know, right? I like Lee Winnell. Uh, definitely <laughs> has that like strong connection to James Wan. So if James Wan is producing or anything like that, that would definitely be helpful for this movie, just as someone to kind of bounce ideas off of. Especially now that James Wan is, you know, into the big blockbuster territory with Aquaman. But I mean. Leonel's last movie was Upgrade, and that movie I thought was excellent. We talked about it on the podcast before. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to see it still, so we definitely need to rectify that. <laughs> uh, it was a, like I said, it was a great horror sci-fi crossover movie for me. I just hope that they give these characters the love that they need because, I mean, they're iconic yeah. for a reason, you know. And I think vampires need to come back. We've had zombies for a while. We've talked about that. How yes. There's kind of an ebb and flow of the two. And I just want to see some gruesome vampires come up and tear people apart. <laughs> yeah, keep those keep those glitter bitches away from here. <laughs> and they can do a lot of cool stuff. I mean, they could do different stuff with creature that we haven't seen. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, they could go to forks. They could <laughs> they could be covered in glitter in the daylight. They could be brooding and sexy. And they could and have weird nipples. They could do cooler Frankenstein Robert stuff. Robinson has weird nipples. That's none of my business, but I think maybe that's it for news. That <laughs> no, but there's definitely some cool concepts. I, I just hope they do it right. Yeah, and I'm ready for it. Like I said, I'm ready for some monsters to come back, you know? Yeah. It's always been something I've been into where it's, we don't get a lot of that, especially mainstream stuff. And so if Universal and Blumhouse are going to be putting it out, then rad. Yeah. You know? That's it for news. If you have any comments about that then you know let us know or if you heard some stuff about the universal stuff or anything coming to netflix that we've missed then let us know and we'll definitely talk about it next time yeah all right so then moving on we're gonna go ahead and get into that trivia 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 Do we double check and make sure that these aren't the same cards? What's your first question about? It? Yeah, we're good. Alright. Okay. So, first category, Monster. In Reanimator from 1985, reanimation is made possible by which of the following? Injection, electricity, magic, or artificial intelligence? Can you list them off again for me real quick? Sure can. Injection, electricity, magic... Or artificial intelligence. Is it electricity? It is not. That one's going to be injection. Ah, that was my second second (laughs) choice. All right. In It from 2017, what is the first name of the dancing clown? That's going to be Pennywise? Yes, it's Pennywise. It's my favorite band. (laughs) All right. That's one for me. So we're at one zero for the good guy. Next category is Gore. Bad guy. (laughs) I don't know. Gore and disturbing. In the loved ones from 2009, what two letters encircled by a heart does Lola Stone carve into the chest of protagonist Brent Mitchell? Is it L and B? Oh, dude, you were so close. It's L and S. (laughs) Ah, man. Her initials. It even specifies. All right. Right. My question, my dude. Name the composer who scored the music 
for the thing. Uh, John Carpenter? It wasn't John Carpenter. Uh, it wasn't. No, it was... I'm going to butcher this. All right, go for uh, it. Enio Morricone. Totally. That's funny because that movie definitely feels like John Carpenter did the music. Yeah. All right, and how fitting because we're going to be talking about a different John Carpenter movie today. Yeah. Topical. Next category, yes. Psychological. Which character in Cube from 1997... Kube? Kube. <laughs> ...helps design the cube-shaped prison? Is it Quentin McNeil, David Wirth, Dr. Helen Holloway, or Joan Levin? Quentin, David, Helen, or Joan? Is it David? It is David. Yeah, lucky guess. <laughs> Have you seen those movies? So I all I know of the cube is like the crazy like sequences. I haven't actually sat down and watched a whole one, but I've definitely seen some of like the the cube scenes. We'll say. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard they're supposed to be remaking it, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I would like to see that back to life. All right. By the end of Split, how many personalities? Does Kevin Wendell Crumb exhibit? Oh, man. I want to say 12. It's more than that. Is it? Uh, yeah, it's 24. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, it was 23 at the beginning, uh, 24 including the Beast. Uh, okay. Yeah, I thought it was 12. Man, he has. do we see all 24? Uh, no, you see more of them in glass. Oh, okay. But like it's, there's a, like, a certain like pact, like a group of them mm -hmm. that take over uh, Kevin's life, basically. And they keep taking the spotlight. Right. And so basically, he's going back and forth between these personalities as they're trying to, like, coax the beast out to come and feed. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Now I know. 24. All right, next category is paranormal. Oh, here you go. It's one about your favorite movie. What is the name of the coastal town celebrating its centennial in The Fog from 1980? I didn't like that movie very much. <laughs> and I'm, have, I'm really struggling with the name. Uh, shoot. Is it Coastal Rica? <laughs> <laughs> no. It's Antonio Bay. Uh, yeah. I was going to say the Spanish version of my name and what I am to you. <laughs> And we have now reached the point where uh, you win by default because the next two questions are gimmies. Uh, who directed The Conjuring? Uh, what year, John? 2013. <laughs> James Wan. You're correct. Sick. All right. Next category. Killer. Maniac from 1980 is set in what East Coast American city? Philadelphia. It is New York City. All right. Here's the other gimme. Who directed A Nightmare on Elm Street from 1984? That's really the question? Yes. That's going to be a certain Wes Craven? A certain Wes Craven? Yes. yes it is I'm very certain that it's Wes Craven. <laughs> yes, it's Wes Craven. <laughs> All right. And as next category comes up, my least favorite, international. No voice for that one. <laughs> In Deep Red from 1975. During what holiday does the murder in the drawing of the screaming child take place? Looking for a holiday here. The Day of the Dead? It is Christmas. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. 
Uh, the Wailing from 2016 opens with a passage from what gospel of the Bible? Job. No, it's not Job. It's Luke. <laughs> but you won by default because you had two of the easiest questions I've seen in this whole entire thing. I mean, some say by default, some say by skill, but... <laughs> All right, if you liked those zany antics and that great news section, then go ahead and hit that subscribe button so that you can get these episodes as soon as they come out on Mondays. Yeah. And various times. <laughs> we do our best. Yes, and we've been pretty good about being ahead of the game, so Mondays at midnight. Ooh, yeah. scary. Yeah, the witching Spooky. hour. <laughs> All right, cool. So then uh, let's go ahead and jump into the topic, which is talking about... Escape from New York. And being the noble gentleman that we are, we decided to buy it yeah. instead of going by other means, which is usually my forte, <laughs> but not John's. <laughs> so I caved and I bought it, but... Got that steel book, though. I did. I did get that steel book, and I love it. It's a full wrap. Yeah, kind of we'll, like the we'll, ones we got for Halloween. We'll pop a picture of it on the Instagram uh, after this episode releases, so that way everybody gets to peep it. Yeah, because it's pretty cool. Yeah. And it's front and back, all one picture. And I really like those. Adds mm-hmm. a little bit more to it. I liked steel books when they first came out, and I'm sure I've said it before, where they got kind of lame, where it's just, we put the cover on steel. Yeah. But I like the ones that do something a little bit different. So, like, this one's pretty cool, and... We've seen some other ones. The Halloween one we have is really cool. Yeah. So. Anyway, that being said, this movie was a lot different than I was expecting. It definitely had some of that 80s cheese and flair to it. But, like, the concept was a little different than I was expecting. Uh, I knew that it was, you know, that basically New York was a prison. Right, me that, too. And that there needed to be an escape from said prison. But I wasn't expecting, like, the president storyline no neither was i i didn't know why he was i thought maybe they threw him in there and he was just trying to get out (laughs) yeah well and how is it that everybody knows who this guy is like everybody knows snake pliska right because he's not well they said he robbed the federal reserve so maybe he was on the news but if they're all in prison do they get the news (laughs) i don't know i'm not sure but like but like they like the running gag was was oh i thought you were dead Right, right right yeah and there's a lot, a lot of stuff reminded me of the Netflix Punisher series. I've been watching that recently, and that where everyone thinks Frank Castle's dead, and yeah. so it comes up a few times throughout the season. Like I thought you were dead. I thought you were dead. And, then, and now seeing that, I wonder if that was intentional. Yeah, to be sort of a throwback. And then on top of that, too, there's a scene in the second season where he shoots up a wall and then busts through it. And there's a scene, no joke, identical. And I happened to watch both those scenes today, which was super weird for me. And I was like, whoa. So now I wonder how much that was influenced by this movie. Yeah. Which is really cool. And I wish that I had seen this movie sooner so that I could have enjoyed other stuff more. I don't know. You know, it's just those things where you don't realize where it all comes from. Yeah. And then you see it and you're like, oh, that's where they got that. <laughs> so that was cool. Um, a lot of cool people in it. We had Donald Peasants, who was Loomis in the Halloween franchise, I guess, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> he was yeah. in all of them. Atkins, too, right? Tom Atkins, famous from Halloween 3. <laughs> Season of the Witch. Yes, and he was in uh, Night of the Comet. Great in that. He was also in... Uh, My Bloody Valentine. Yeah, the 3D. 3D yeah. yeah. So we're getting a lot of Tom Atkins lately. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. And then, surprisingly, 
to me anyway, was uh, Isaac Hayes. Yeah. A chef from South Park, <laughs> we, if you don't know. Every time he was on screen, we kept singing about his salty balls. We couldn't help it. <laughs> couldn't help it. Come on, children. Uh, yes. So oh. that was a little bit distracting just because he's so well known for being chef. Yeah. Well, and then uh, Harry Dean Stanton was in it as well. Not a great performance from him. No, very flat. Yeah, and just like some of the line reads were just really reads. Off. Yeah, just like just like <laughs> yeah, like it looked like he was reading off of a cue card. Right. Kind of a kind of plain. Yeah, just like a run-on sentence style. I phoned it in almost. Um, the direction was cool. Yeah, I thought Carpenter did a really good job. Music was very Carpenter. Very Carpenter, and uh, a couple parts didn't feel as Carpenter as I'm used to, where they almost had kind of like a beat to them. Yeah, and his is usually more sounds. Yeah, there was there was a uh, one beat in particular towards the end of the movie that sound like sounds like the same beat they used for uh, Andre Nicotina's track uh, Crack Raider. <laughs> it's, it's it sounded like very similar. Maybe it is. Maybe that was intentional. Yeah. Again, you know, we didn't know because we've never seen this movie, but maybe mm-hmm. it's got influence on everything. Who knows? It's very true. <laughs> so that was cool. I liked the music a lot. There's a, a few parts where that was I was more into that than I was into what was on screen. I expected it to be a little bit different, I guess. I don't know. It had sort of a Mad Max in New York feel to it. You know yeah. what I mean? And not that there's anything wrong with that, because mm-hmm. Mad Max is cool. But it just wasn't I guess it wasn't what I was expecting. I was expecting a little more over the top action. Right. I feel like. Like that it was going to be very post apocalyptic light and then heavy on the action. And I feel like those things were swapped. I feel like it was very post apocalyptic and action light. Yeah. And we don't get a lot of story as far as what's going on in this prison. Mm-hmm. It's just there is a, a some sort of leader, but we don't understand how or why that comes to be and nobody really has any weapons it seems like yeah, and there's and like you'd think in a situation like this similar with mad max there'd be like warring factions right like there'd be more than one leader you know of different groups like i that was kind of something that i was picturing as we started to go along i was like oh maybe there'll be like a bunch of groups and that there wasn't that uh if you want to go if you want to see that in film either go see mad max or see the warriors <laughs> but uh Snake Plissken as a character, though, fantastic, yeah, amazing. I wa- I want to be him now. Yeah, <laughs> from the pants down to the eye patch, <laughs> or I guess from the eye patch down to the pants, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> You're like up to the eye patch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had a very uh, unique look. Yes, and a very terrible snake tattoo that leads right to his peen. Yes, <laughs> wrapped around his belly button, <laughs> down and like became his happy trail. Yeah, it, it, just, it looks like a like there were some scenes where it looked like a question mark, and I made the joke. I was like, I was like, it's like unzip me question mark. <laughs> Good luck, because those pants were skin tight. Yes, they were. Left nothing to the imagination, so that was a welcomed uh, surprise. <laughs> also, they put a lot of scopes on things. Yes. Scopes on handguns. It's, uh, it's the future. The giant silencers future of on... 97. On, on Uzis. <laughs> right. So, that's always interesting to see what people think the future is going to be like. Yeah. And how off it really was. <laughs> Because that, yeah, like I said, it takes place in 97. Mm-hmm. 
and we don't have that yet. We don't have giant city prisons. Kind of hope we go smaller <laughs> with prisons. But it, uh, it reminded me of a lot of stuff. And so I was thinking about a lot of different movies. Because I, I, for some reason, I kept thinking of The Purge. Yeah. When we were watching it, maybe because it, it is like takes place within 24 hours, more or less. And it's just kind of like a free-for-all in this area where anything goes. There's no – it's a prison in the sense that they can't get out, but there's no rules to it or anything like a prison yeah. would be today. You know what I mean? So I've, I've kept getting Purge, and then obviously Mad Max came up a lot. And I just wanted there to – I wanted it to be more intense because I guess we should say the general plot is that Snake is sent to this prison. And before he's completely admitted in, the president's – plane is hijacked yeah so it's um they don't really hijacked, get into that so it's much. hijacked and then um they attempt to crash land the plane they lock down the cockpit and then so there's a presidential pod and so they put the president in the pod and they jettison the pod and it lands in new york and so it lands inside the prison and then somebody one of the marauders steals the president and then so from there it's basically we find out that Snake Plissken is Snake Plissken and that he's, you know, ex-Special Forces. and then he has Two all Purple this, Hearts. He has all this pedigree and everything. So they're like, hey, you know, we will expunge your record if you, um, if you go get the president and bring him back within 24 hours. Because he has to give some big summit and he has some, like, some tape that has some kind of content right. on it that needs to be delivered. Otherwise... Uh, shit's going to hit the fan globally. Yeah, and at some point, I guess Snake just became a bad guy. After he did all his military work, he decided to rob a Federal Reserve, and that's why he's in prison, Yeah, or potentially in prison. And uh, the whole time, he's kind of of a jerk. Yeah. Like, he's getting the job done, but definitely only to benefit himself because they inject him with something that's going to explode if he doesn't finish in time, and they stop it. So he doesn't want to die. And so he doesn't do it to be a good guy or for redemption himself. He does it selfishly. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't want to die. He's definitely an anti-hero. Yeah. And I like that. And the whole time, he he doesn't change. He is kind of a skis ball yeah. and stays like that for the whole movie. Even until the end because... Yeah, there's no hero's journey here. It is, it's just him like smashing his way through New York <laughs> trying to find the president. And he's great and he kind of talks like... I'm going to kill you when I get out of here. Yeah. Like, Ooh, snake. Ooh. He's like a tough, tough guy whisper. Yeah, for which sure. Is pretty cool. Even until the very end, like the last shot of the movie, this is a spoiler, obviously. I mean, this whole thing is going to be spoilers right at this point. Like, I mean, you're either sad and hadn't seen it like us or you've seen this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, at the very end, the president, he obviously saves him because it's the eighties and it's predictable. Yeah. And then he goes to play this tape that he's been trying to, show to the summit to stop war and he goes to play it and it's a different song it's, it's a song jazz. it's jazz yeah and then they show snake walking off smoking happy as ever just ripping the tape to shreds yeah which is red because it's like a final like fuck you to, to these people yeah that he for some reason hates and so that was pretty cool i'm interested to see what the second one's like yeah i, I mean i've heard a lot of bad things oh, about really? escape from la but I want, like, my biggest gripe with this movie, because it's not a bad movie. 
But not not by any stretch of the imagination. I enjoyed it. It's a fun ride. And yeah. like I said, Snake Plissken is a dope character. Oh, he's like, fantastic. Like, upper echelon character. But this movie is very surface level. Right. There's not a lot going on. There's not a lot to keep you, you know, keep you twisted up in it. It's just like, are you enjoying the cool visuals and this badass, you know, one-line spouting character? You know, are you enjoying that or not? Uh, but I want to see if the second movie has more of a plot. Right. Because there isn't much of one. Like I said, it's it's just here's the here's what you know what the person needs to accomplish. They accomplish it. There's not a whole lot of trials and tribulations in between. Like you'd expect there to be more going on, but it's just basically him meeting up with one person after another who's like, "Oh, I thought you were dead." <laughs> like it, you know, pretty much, yeah. There are some cool scenes and some scenes that I you know I've heard people talk about that are iconic, like the like the bat fight scene. That's I've heard about that one before. Like, I mean, it's it's part of like the lexicon that is Snake Plissken's character. Just you know, just smash it and walk away, kind of a thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and like I was saying earlier, stuff's pretty predictable. Yeah, like you were saying, you know, he goes in to do something, he does it, and there's other things too, like the character of Brain, where you know he's not gonna end up being like a a good guy in the end. You know, yeah. he's gonna double cross and all this stuff, and he does. He goes more than once. Forth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's he's like a rat more than a brain, if anything. So Isaac Hayes was good. Yeah. Scary. I would have liked more of him mm-hmm. and to see more of his power and intimidation over this landscape. Yeah, more of him and less Harry Dean Stanton as brain. <laughs> brain like I said, Brain was a fairly uninteresting character, but also part of that is because it like it was it's some of the worst line deliveries I've seen in a long time. Yeah, those are rough. But the visuals, you mentioned them earlier, some of that stuff held up pretty well. Yeah, I mean, it does have a lot of 80s cheese and flair, like the, the right. old technology and stuff. But that all aside, like the way that they chose to utilize some of it, it still kind of had that like futuristic feel to it. And like, I could see somebody watching that in the 80s being like, this is awesome. Right, and I'm guessing they used a lot of miniatures. And it looked really good. Yeah. That stuff held up. And the only part that really threw me off is when they threw the glider off. And it's like one of the twin towers, which was another cool thing to see. Yeah. Seeing those back up. Uh, yeah. That one you could tell. I was like, uh, that was a, uh, that was rough. But when the glider's flying in, like flying in and everything, that looks super cool. Yeah. And that's when uh, we got to see a snake on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> we also saw him on a train. Yeah. Snake <laughs> on a train. So if you want to make another Samuel L. Jackson movie. Then that's more uh, fuel for <laughs> fuel for the fire. <laughs> I think overall, I don't I don't think that I was disappointed. No, I didn't really know what to expect. I I think that I probably wanted more than I should have out of it because I wanted it to be a little bit more intense. Yeah, a little bit more gritty and a little bit more, I guess, raw in a way. And more carpentry. Yeah, I mean, like if you like. If you look at the pillars of his of his career, I mean, you have things like The Thing, you have things like Halloween, like... And The Thing's intense. Yes. I mean, Halloween is also very intense. Slow, True. intense. Yeah. You know, it's... For different ways, though, because this isn't really about someone stalking you. Like, there's, there's not a ton of tension with this. Yeah. And I think that's what it lacked for me. Because even The Thing and Halloween, very two very different movies, but tons of tension. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And Halloween Slow thing i mean pretty fast paced yeah and you get a lot of stuff happening throughout it and kurt russell gives a different but equally as great performance in that and then this one 
you get a lot of Kurt Russell, which is cool. Yeah. Because he kills it. But not a lot in the rest of the of the world. I I feel like not as much as I did with the fog, but I feel like I'm walking away with a similar feeling that there is just like a little bit of emptiness and I kind of, like I could have had that movie go on for another 20 or 30 minutes and have something else happen. Right. And that would have that would have done it for me a little more. Yeah, and there's there's a, a lot of stuff in there that seems underdeveloped, you know? Like what's why does Snake suddenly hate the US after being this war hero. Yeah. Like a decorated war hero at that. And then the president, do we like him? Do we not like him? Do we care if he gets out? And then in the end, he kind of turns out to be a dirtbag. Well, yeah. Well, and then on top of that, like, what what's going on to, at this point that's causing, like, the U.S. to be in such trouble with the other countries? Like, yeah. we'd like to know that. And um, is he a good guy or is he a bad guy? Like, what? we don't really know because toward the end, Snake's like, hey – these men gave your life, gave their lives to save you. And he's like, they, they did a great debt. He's kind of, he's kind of a dick. Yeah. And then shoots a guy, the president's safe. And then decides, Hey, now I'm safe. I'm going to kill you. Yeah. And I was like, Whoa, was not expecting that save snake. But I don't think he did it to save snake. He did it because he wanted to, like it was yeah. a vendetta almost, you know? I mean, to be fair, he was, he did, he did <laughs> sit there and shoot at him while yeah. he was chained to a wall holding uh, a briefcase. That's true. I'm not saying Isaac Hayes was a nice guy. Yeah, for sure. Is there anything else that you want to get into about it or? No, like I said, it, it's, I'm, I won't say that I'm disappointed. Like I said, it, it's a, maybe a little less than what I thought it was going to be. Like right. I, said, I was just ex- expecting some more action spectacle, I guess. And not getting that, like I said, it, it leaves me wanting more. But overall, like I said, good characters, great visuals. Definitely see why why it's popular. Yeah, and I'm glad that we watched it. And it was cool to watch it together because we both got to experience that for the first time. And, But I will say that on this journey, I guess, that we're going to take of watching these movies that we haven't seen, I'm nervous. Mm-hmm. Because this did not hit my expectations necessarily. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't super short, but it did come short. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm worried to watch some of the other sci-fi ones. Like, what if I don't, what if I don't like these classics? And I'm not saying I don't like escape from New York because I do like it and I own it now. So I have to like it. (laughs) But I mean, what if I come across one, especially like if I sit down and watch ET and I'm just like, eh, I don't think that's going to happen. Or Close Encounters. Like, I don't I don't want to not like Close Encounters. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> All right, cool. So then that's going to wrap it up for this week. Next week, we are going to talk about our favorite horror villains. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. Yeah, so John's going to pick a few. I'm going to pick a few, and we'll see if we have any overlaps. I'm sure there will be some overlaps. I can guarantee you there's going to be at least one. <laughs> I'd say there's probably going to be, like, at least three. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and we'll talk briefly about what we like about them and, you know, that kind of stuff. In the meantime, if you want to check out more from Porcelain Peak, then you can head over to porcelainpeak.com and check out some photos. We have links to a lot of the stuff that we talk about, so you can see that there too. And you can hit us up on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, and that's going to all be at Porcelain Peak. And you can shoot us an email, which is at porcelainpeak at gmail.com and 
we decided that we are going to start doing a little bit of a contest, more or less. So we're going to do weekly posts on Instagram that have a trivia question. And the first person to shoot us a DM and answer that trivia question is going to get a shout out on the next episode. Yeah. So get involved. Yeah. <laughs> Let's play a game. Let's play a game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But this one's not going to end um, with a bear trap. So Yeah, no bear traps <laughs> or reverse bear traps or sawing off legs or anything like that. The questions might be about some of those things. Yeah, definitely. So, and in the meantime, if you want to hit that subscribe button, and then if you can rate, review, and share for us, then we'd super appreciate it. Yeah. And that's going to be it. As always, thank you guys for listening. Keep it creepy. Creeps. A Hyperforge Alpha Network production.